Huddy at the RPC Podcast. Life sure is funny, ain't it? I sure like to say that a lot. Just because of all the weird things that seem to happen, if you sit and pay attention to what's going on around you, and what's happened to you, and actually think about it, look back at that history, maybe it was just yesterday or an hour ago, Maybe it was five years ago. I think everybody has that thing that at the time it was, you know, you maybe it was life ending. And now you can laugh about it because you're far removed from that situation. I have a lot of those things, you know, throughout my life. I've had my travels, that's for sure. And, and within those travels and all those past mistakes and things I've been through, it still amazes me to this day of how I ever got over some of those things. You know, the, the previous podcast, I, I went into a little bit of detail about my previous uh, life or the a previous season of my life, depending on what you're listening to. And, you know, we talk about forgiveness and we talk about moving on from this. And we, there's so many thoughts behind this uh, of, of moving on and, and getting over some of these negative things that have happened in your life. And for me, it was one of the most difficult things that I've ever had to overcome. It is actually truly forgiving myself. And if you you think about it in different aspects of your life, you know, your if your spouse or your brother, sister, mom, dad, or a friend, they they do you wrong, you know, and hey, I forgive you. No problem. You know, water under the bridge. All good. You know, like, you know, for example, like I remember in some of my tough times, you know, I, I borrowed a hundred bucks from my buddy Pat and I went to his house. I picked up the money and he's like, I need that back. And like, he was hurting too, but this guy still gave me a hundred bucks because he knew I needed it. And well, I, I never paid him back, you know, and, and years later when I was getting back on my feet and he, by the way, he wasn't the only buddy I borrowed a hundred bucks from, you know, years later, I, I looked him up again and you know, I was like, dude, I owe you lunch. I owe you a hundred bucks. And he, he kind of laughed and, and, uh, we went out to lunch and got caught up and I said, well, I got your hundred bucks. And he's like, you don't owe me a hundred bucks. Forget about it. You know, it's not a big deal. I forgive you for that. So something just disconnected another electronic device. If you heard that, I am not technical and I have problems. Let's just establish that right now. 
So anyway, so I was talking to Pat, and and he forgave me. He's like, no big deal, whatever. He, it was easy for him to forgive me, right? So there's, I have other friends like that. My buddy Corey, same thing. I, he gave me money when I was down and out. I called him up. I'm like, hey, years later, I got your money, man. I feel bad that I took it from you. You know, I hated doing that. I hated myself for doing that. He's like, hey, man, no problem. That's what friends do. And I gave you that money expecting that. I was probably never going to get that back. And here you are wanting to give it back to me. You know what? I don't need it. It's not a big deal. And so, you know, that's just a small example of, of you know, one thing I did. And these people, my friends, were very forgiving. It wasn't that big of a deal to them. To me at the time, it was enormous to get that money. And and at the time to them, you know, everybody was kind of hurting and they gave me money as my friend. And, and that's where things got a little dicey for me because I, you know, I kind of disappeared from them. I had this overwhelming guilt that I owed them money. I couldn't pay them back, so I didn't want to talk to them. And I think that was things made up in my head mostly because I felt like if I were going to hang out with them again and and maybe we'd go play golf, you know, for 20 bucks, play nine holes for 20 bucks or something, be like, oh, you got 20 bucks for golf, but you don't got 20 bucks to pay me back, you know. You get those scenarios going in your head and they sit and they marinate. And you get enough of those built up in your head. And it doesn't, I'm not just talking about you're you're taking money from your friends for things that you need. It could be, you know, the credit card bill that you just, you let go. Even though you don't have a, a connection with the bank necessarily, you're not good buddies with the internet where you applied and got approved. But it's still money that you used for whatever reason. It, it very well could have been to pay a medical bill or maybe you were so down and out that, that you used it to make a car payment. Or maybe it is the car that you, you got a loan for the car, you couldn't pay it, it got repoed, you know, whatever. Um, and it, it doesn't even have to be anything financial. It, it could be a wrong you did at work or to another person, you know, that, that drama that gets created in your circle of people. And it could have been because you said the wrong thing. You know, it's funny that, you know, you talk about saying the wrong thing and my mom and I were wired the same way. We're both Pisces, whether you believe in that or, or not, I'm surrounded by people that are in that think that astrology and and all that have something to do with all of this stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm half in, half out on the astrology stuff. But my mother and I have this thing where we get we give each other a mulligan if we say something the wrong way, because that's how she is, and that's how I am. I will think about what I'm saying and I will still say the wrong thing. I will completely misspeak. And 
so so we just when we say that it works great when we're talking to each other it, it really does because we both know that we're that way and I don't think anybody really ever maliciously wants to spread a rumor or say the wrong thing to intentionally hurt somebody I mean maybe they do but that's not who I want to hang out with but it happens and so I try to pull that on my girlfriend once in a while hey I said that the wrong way let me mulligan right <laughs> doesn't always go that way point being is that all these little things that we have eventually they build up and they start weighing on you financial decisions uh, maybe decisions with employment whatever it is I mean I've made ginormous mistakes and for me they've they've always weighed on me you know for the or for the longest time they did they don't anymore and I would keep reliving these past mistakes in my head over and over and over again oh my gosh you know you you just think about that stuff and it builds up and then you sit and dwell on it you get this you're all of a sudden you're a you're a, a mixed cocktail of depression anxiety depression rage sadness anxiety you're you're like this cocktail you've been going through all of this stuff and and then all you do is you know continuously focus on those problems and you want to move on with your life because maybe you start to see some more positive things going you know you you had the divorce the divorce happened you know life was hell screw her screw him screw me what you know right I mean everything goes sideways for a while and for me I know for a period of time I got comfortable in that chaos see whereas before making my car payments mortgage payment seeing my kids you know going to my kids sports coaching my kids you know doing all those things you know high-fiving my business partners my people that I was co-work that my co-workers you know hanging out with them going golfing have my friends the good life the things that go well and then you hit the shit you know the oh shit button gets hit and it's like stuck and that shit just like it's like ah and it builds and builds and builds where that life you did have is now not normal and you get into this place of this chaos of robbing Peter to pay Paul or you know what's gonna happen next what is my ex gonna do to screw me over again right or you're at the job and my boss ugh, they just suck or your coworkers are gossiping behind you you know whatever whatever all that stuff is 
all of a sudden that stuff becomes your normal. That normal is what makes it hard to break out of. You get used to that situation and you feel like it's just not going to change. It's just the way it is. I'm on, I got 14 or 12 more years of child support. I'm never going to get ahead. Can't believe it. Not getting that raise at work or I'm not getting that promotion because Susie over there keeps talking crappy about me to the boss behind my back, right? So it's all this stuff. There comes a point when you have to try and shift gears and get your mind right. And I'm not talking about removing blame from yourself for the things that you've done because you do have to take ownership of your decisions and the mistakes that you've made. Right? So when you do that, more guilt can sink in. So it's like, how do we move on from that? How do we forgive ourselves for all that bullshit? It's not just saying the wrong thing all the time. It's all the decisions. I know for me, and, and what really inspired me to make that shift to where I was no longer willing to accept the chaos and realize that this is not normal. Like, how did I get here? You know, you have that moment. I was out of the mortgage business. I hadn't quite started my credit repair company. thinking about it and I went to Dakota County and I went in there to the Department of Economic Assistance have you ever been to one of those places it feels like the your world is just collapsing on you like you've just how did this happen The one I went to was in West St. Paul, Minnesota. At the time, this was many years ago, probably, what is it, 2018? So this is probably a decade ago. You know, after I lost the 5,000 square foot house and, the, and, you know, Jeff, the repo guy, came and picked up all the vehicles. So I'm down and out trying to figure it out. And um, so I go there because I'm thinking I, I got to, I don't know, they have a, a, a program for divorced or soon to be divorced fathers who need employment. So I went there for that and I went there to try to get health insurance. You know, I wasn't looking for food stamps, but you know, I, I didn't know what help. I was really going to try to get a job to try to help have Dakota County help me get a job for this program. And so I went there, and there, it's packed full. I mean, it's 
A to Z. I mean, all colors, all genders. I mean, everybody is there that's down and out. I mean, you have single women there with their kids. It's packed and it's taking number time, man. And you sit and wait. And you just sit there and wait and wait and wait. So finally, after about an hour and 45 minutes, I'm ready to call it quits. You know, I see all these people getting called up there. And I'm got I'm kind of crammed into this chair. They're not very comfortable. You know, I chew nicotine or I chew snuff and and I you can't chew in there. So I'm kind of freak it's been an hour and 45 minutes, so I'm kind of needing that. And this older lady comes out the door. This petite little old lady you know probably should have been retired she comes out and I don't know she's probably smoked for a hundred years John Hudson she's got that voice like the like the lady on Monsters Inc you know the lady that says Mike Wazowski that lady that's my lady right so I'm like hey you know she says my name a couple times I'm like oh I'm here you know kind of out of the haze and she says, come with me. So I'm following this lady through this door. In We go down this hallway and we hang a left. And it is cubicle central, like a city of cubicles. It's amazing how many cubicles are in this huge wide open area. Keep up, Mr. Hudson. <laughs> Jesus, this lady's, you know, she's rocking and rolling. And she's taking me left and right. We're going around all these cubes. I didn't bring bread. How was I going to, you know, I didn't, I couldn't leave crumbs. How am I going to get out of this place? I mean, my God, I needed a, a overnight bag, a good dog. This was a journey. Into the Department of Economic Assistance. So she brings me to her cubicle. She has me sit down. And I'm, I'm not, you know, rough and tumble at this point. You know, i am got a collared shirt on, a nice pair of jeans. Wore my best flip-flops. And, um, you know, I'm kind of sitting there and, you know, the hair is brushed, you know. It's kind of warm in there, so I'm sweating a little bit. It might have, the AC, it was summertime, you know. but the summer, So this AC was on and... But I'm nervous as all hell, and I'm sweating. I can just feel it, you know, starting to beat up on my temples, that kind of sweat. And so uncomfortable. And, you know, she's looking at me, and she goes, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. The list is long. <laughs> where do you want to start? You know, I'm trying to lighten things up because I have no idea where this is going to go. And she, you know, she goes on and she's, she's talking to me about, you look like you're young, you're healthy, you have your act together. You don't look like the typical man that comes in here. Tell me about what your history is. So I, t I tell her, you know, the, the different things that I've accomplished. And, and, and she, says, she says to me, she goes, see that filing cabinet over there? I kind of threw in an accent. She did. She had a Minnesota accent. 
because um, that's where we are. And it's one of those huge filing cabinets, not the, you know, just the four drawers stacked. It's probably four feet long and five high. And this woman's about five two on a good day, I'm guessing. She had, you know, petite lady. She walks over there, she opens the bottom drawer and it was like an explosion of files. These things were so crammed in there, they were waiting to escape. She opens it. She's like, you see all those? I'm like, yep. She shuts it and it, boom, you know, because she had to give it a good oomph. She opens the second drawer. You see all those? And it's the same thing. It's these files waiting to explode. It's so packed in there. And I'm like, yep, I see those. Boom, shuts it. Boom. Another, <laughs> another shock and awe of the door slamming. She opens the third one. More of the same. Boom, shuts it again. Should I get my step stool and open the other two? And I'm, I'm like, no, no, I, I, I'm assuming they're the same. Well, come on over, open it up, take a look for yourself. So I go over there and I kind of open them up and peek my head and I'm, yep. Same thing, I'm like, okay, great, you got a lot of files. What's the, what's the scoop? And she says to me, Mr. Hudson, in her rough and tumbly voice, those are all you. All those files that you see in there are fathers just like you. Fathers who have been through divorce or going through it. Fathers that have been in trouble with the law. Way worse than you. Fathers that don't have jobs, that have kids that they want to support, that don't have the background like you. Mr. Hudson, you need to know something. Although your situation is unique to you, you are not alone. Not by a long shot. When she said that to me, I still get a little choked up about that. Hang in there. The sweat, like, stopped. The nervousness went away. You know, I just felt like the sweat drying on my forehead, which is... Not great, but that's what happened. She looked at me and she says, what do you want to do? I stood up and I said, you know, I, I think I got this idea about doing a credit repair business. I, I think I can do it. I think that's what I need to do. I think I can figure it out. I think I can help myself, I think I can help other people, and I think I can create an income for myself when it's an extremely hard time to get one. Because this was the time when the bubble burst and there was a shit ton of people out there looking for jobs. That's what was one of the reasons why it was so difficult to get one. 
So I said, I think I can do this. And she's like, okay. She goes, I think you can too. Matter of fact, I don't think you can do it. I know you can do it. And I think you can come back here and you can do a seminar. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to give you, we're going to give you health insurance for the time being, be for six months. I'm going to give you a EBT card so you can buy some food. Because I know you got kids. And I know you see them. And you want to be able to buy some food so they can eat a good dinner. And I'm going to give you some gas cards. I was like, okay. You know, keep in mind, I, I did have... This is the crazy thing. At that time, as I, I told her, I pulled. I had this prepaid visa that had still had twenty bucks left on it from donating plasma, mind you. Times were really good, I'm telling you. And she said, "Okay, I'm going to give you one gas card because you have a twenty. We're going to give you the other stuff still." I want to hear how you do. You know, and it was, so I, I walked out of there. She had to lead me out of there because this was, I was in the far reaches of, of Dakota County economic and assistance. Again, no breadcrumbs or a dog or an overnight bag. Thank God she knew where to go. So I had essentially 40 bucks in my pocket, 20 of it as a, as a gas card and 20 of it on a prepaid visa from donating plasma. And I walked outside on that hot June day, it was the end of June, and I got in my old 1996 Cadillac, 165,000 gently used miles, not that good of an AC. I sat there for a second, and I thought, okay, this is it. I am no longer going to tolerate the lifestyle that I have been living. And it was that type of moment for me that allowed me to feel that self-forgiveness that I was missing. More computer noises. That self-forgiveness that, that I really felt inside where, where I'd be like, okay, you know what? I seriously went down the rabbit hole here and made a lot of mistakes, but I am human. I saw a huge filing cabinet full of me, full of those guys that made mistakes similar to what I did, just a ton of them. And that's, that's kind of how life goes. That's how life happens. And that's one of my taglines that I always say to people is life happens. It's what you do going forward that makes the difference. It makes all the difference. So I didn't, I remembered the decisions that I made. I looked back at the past 
but that learning from them so I didn't continue to make them and get in that cycle and continue to be in that life of that chaotic life that I had now found comfort in because there was no way to live life. That is when Red Phoenix was born. That moment when I was sitting in my car, drove back to my grandfather's house and went in the basement and started learning about the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the FICO algorithm and how I could help people help myself. That is what people struggle to do, is truly forgive themselves. I see it every single time I meet with a client. Every time I would meet with someone, you could just see it on their face. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is, you know, this credit game has taught me so much more about life and behavior with people than I ever imagined that it would. I can look at a credit report and almost tell what this person went through, when it went wrong, what type of person they are, before they even tell me. I've looked at hundreds of thousands of credit reports over the last 20 years. So you get, you kind of get to know what you're doing and what you're looking at over that time period. And these people, they come in and they do a couple things. They, they unload guilt, which is great. They always feel better walking out of here because they get to tell their story to someone who isn't going to judge them. They've been living with this for so long and haven't thought to try and forgive themselves. It is one of the most empowering and powerful things that a person can do to seriously think about those mistakes and let yourself be okay with it. Not talking about letting yourself off the hook and just saying, fuck it. I'm talking about actually owning those mistakes but being okay with them because once you're okay with them you can relive them and learn from them or maybe not necessarily relive them totally because that's painful but you remember them and what occurred because with some of those mistakes we, I, we just block them out it was like a nightmare. Oh, man. You know how many times you do that? You, you screw things up royally and you're like, I'm never going to do that again. Six months later, you're doing that again. You know, it's like the guy that says, well, you know, that got hammered the night before. Oh, I'm done drinking for at least two months. <laughs> that was a rough one. Holy. Next weekend, hammered, drunk, right? Well, 
you, it happens in a lot of different aspects of your life. So I hope that you know you got something out of this and that you you can learn that that phase in your life to forgive yourself because I, I think it's crucial in order for you to uh, to move on to get on with it as my grandma Edie would say she always say oh John Michael just get on with it she's from England stop beating yourself up to the point of paralysis that is no better than being in denial you are not a second-class citizen. Life is a battle. It always is. It's going to happen to you at some point. Know that. Understand it. And like Eminem always says, the beat goes on. If you liked it, share it. Tune in again. I appreciate it. Loanswithhuddy.com.